All right, so this is uh, kind of the newer version that I wanted to try out where I'm just taking one interesting thing that's going on in the world and just kind of running with it. So today, today's episode is going to be focused on the German election, which ended last week and kind of the implications, what happened uh, in the history that led up to it. Okay, so the German electoral system works like this. There's a Republican body called the Bundestag, something like that. It works kind of like the American House of Representatives. There are 735 seats and the German people vote for a party. The percentages of that vote determines how many seats each party gets. The party that gets a majority of the seats has control of the Bundestag and elects a chancellor. If there is no majority, the varying parties have to form a coalition to elect a chancellor and run the government. So a few days ago, the German election ended and there was only a 1.6% difference in vote between the historically dominant party of the CDU, the Christian Democratic Union, that's who was currently running the government, and the SPD, the Social Democratic Party of Germany, and the SPD won by 1.6%. And so to understand the implications of why this matters, uh, we need to understand the reign of Angela Merkel, who was the head of the CDU um, over the last 16 years, and the chancellor. So after World War II, Germany was split into two countries, East and West Germany. The East aligned politically with the USSR, and the West aligned with the Western powers. Angela was born in East Germany, and as a daughter of a pastor, she grew up very politically silent. She spent most of her early years in academia, and eventually stepped into politics in the party of the CDU, right? Makes sense. She's daughter of a pastor, so she's going to be in the Christian Democratic Union. She quickly proved herself particularly competent and was noticed by Chancellor Helmholtz Kohl of the CDU. And he placed her in all kinds of government positions, giving her like a nice helping of experience and an opportunity to prove her ability. Um, and so meanwhile, the country of Germany is it's not in the best of places. Um, and the reason that is, is so during East, during the split between, well, obviously after World War II, Germany got destroyed. Um, and so between East and West Germany, neither are doing super well, but West, you know, grew and became modernized with the Western countries. And the East was totally just pounded and, and brought down by the USSR and everything correlated. And so when they finally tore down the wall and they were reunified into one country, there was still strife, even to this day, there's strife between the two sides, East and West Germany. East feels like the West doesn't understand them. Like, uh, like they're kind of, they feel like, like second class citizens. The East is is underdeveloped to this day compared to the West, whereas the West is, you know, um, they probably see the the East as like, you know, less developed and less less cultured. Who knows what's going on there? But there is still strife, and they kind of, you know, feel differences about it. And even to this day, the what that does to East Germany is it makes them more, uh, what's the word? Like extreme almost. So the the far right party and the far left party, right? Like what what we would consider, I don't know if they're still Nazis, they're probably not Nazis anymore, but you know, far right and the East, the communists, they come from East Germany. So the people who, you know, feel kind of uh, disenfranchised and want real change in Germany, uh, you know, radical change come from the East, whereas the West is more of just kind of like maintenance of the system and just wanting general growth and whatnot. Uh, so anyways, Germany has always been that way, but you know, they've been steadily growing up until uh, the mid-90s to the, the early 2000s, there was, that was a stint. So generally in German history, the CDU has run the government. But that was a stint specifically uh, run by the SPD or the center-left uh, uh, party. And so in 2005, um, that's when Angela Merkel was elected. Oh, and that, that time frame, Germany was referred to as the sick man of Europe. And so, you know, it was, it was commonly known that Germany wasn't doing super hot. And so in 2005, the CDU gets reelected um, and they get to elect their chancellor, who is Angela Merkel. And so um, 
In her, her years as chancellor, Merkel was known for her cautious yet like competent approach as an operator in Germany. And so she kind of had, you know, one idea, which is make Germany not, not sick, <laughs> right? Bring Germany back. And so obviously she was going to do that economically. So where did she go? She was a chancellor who was ready to, you know, take Germany to the next level economically, to, to be taken very serious economically. And who else wanted to be taken serious economically? Well, China. And so I don't know if this was the beginning of the interactions between China and Germany, but it definitely took off during the Angela Merkel chancellorship. Um, you know, there's a lot of people in China to buy uh, German things, specifically German cars. I think the majority of cars in China are actually German cars. Um, and, you know, Germany was there to buy to buy China stuff. And so they, they kind of kicked off this really productive economic entanglement and they just kind of went to work buying each other stuff and selling each other stuff and this helped germany to not only not become sick but actually become the largest economy in europe 20 25 percent of the entire gdp of europe comes from germany and this is because i mean i'm sure largely and mostly because of angela merkel and her taking trade seriously and as the center-right candidate really trying her best to foster a strong business environment for the Germans. And so that's kind of where we were at. And Angela Merkel became known, you know, she was chancellor for 16 years. So that means that she was doing well. People, you know, they trusted her. I think they called her, I think the word was like Muti or something. And the idea is that she was the mom, right? She was the mother of Germany, like caring, um, you know, not like super aggressive, but just kind of there as an operator. The one big would like point that people have against her in Germany is they they say that she doesn't have a real vision for Germany she's just kind of there doing things and maintaining things um but the thing about that is that the whole point of the German government after World War II was to stop a charismatic leader to kind of run with nationalism ever again because we know how that turned out the first time <laughs> so so it, it seems like the governmental system was set up for somebody like Angela Merkel and she just kind of took off and, and did it really well and so that's where we were after 16 years of incredible economic growth for Germany. Um, this mother-like figure who was running Germany, she decides this year she's not going to run again and she's retiring. And so what happens there? That's where things get interesting, right? So you would expect that people are like, yes, let's just keep the Angela Merkel thing going. We're going to vote for the CDU. Things are going really well. But that is not the case. So like I mentioned, the SPD, which is the center left uh, party, they actually won by 1.6%. The CDU, Angela Merkel's party, uh, they, they got the next best level of votes. Um, and below that was the Green Party. And then below that is the FDP. And then after that, it's just a bunch of other random ones. And so the ones that really only matter right now are the, the SPD, which we talked about before, the CDU, the Green Party, and the FDP. So the SPD and the CDU for the last probably eight years, the last half, I think, of Angela Merkel's reign as chancellor, uh, they were working together in a government. But for whatever reason, and I don't know why, they decided that they do not like each other anymore and they don't want to work together. Um, but because there's such a close percentage, either of the parties can create a coalition and run the government. So even though the CDU didn't win technically, if they form a coalition now, they could elect a chancellor. Um, but another big problem is that of all of the candidates, all of the potential chancellors for each of these parties, nobody really likes any of them. Uh, Laschet, he's the, 
the one for the CDU. People just kind of think of him as like petty and I don't know, not not a great leader. Uh, Schultz, that's the one for the SPD. They they, they like him the best. Um, and then for the Green Party, there's Baerbach, um, and she's you know whatever. Uh, but the thing is, is nobody nobody's really liked like Angela Merkel. Like in fact, for the this uh, debate that they had on TV just before the election, people came away just kind of like almost not offended, but just kind of like, what the heck is this? Like, what, what what are these people giving us in terms of our government? Like, it was very unsubstantive. It was just a lot of like sloganeering and stuff. And this and, and nobody really came away as like a leader. Angela Merkel, um, she wants to lash it, but that's just because she's part of the CDU. And so there's in this weird state in Germany where they don't have a successor to Angela Merkel and they're not really sure who's going to lead and how they're going to lead. And so it really depends on who is going to make a coalition and what is that coalition going to do. And so the SPD, they can join with the Green Party. That would make the government much further left. The Green Party is like super, super left and the SPD is like center left. And the CDU, they can merge with, and actually if the SPD and the Green Party merge, that wouldn't even be a majority. They would have to, you know, get the FDP, which is like the Libertarian Party involved, but you know, that might be difficult. And then the CDU, they can get with the FDP and the Green Party, but again, those are very different kinds of parties, right? It would just be a, I don't even know, but they all cancel each other out, who knows? But Germany's in this really weird spot where they have all of these parties, and like the Green Party, for example, this is their biggest showing of all time. They've never had such a big uh, win in the in the electoral system. And so there's all this wild stuff going on where uh, there's a lot of different, a lot more political representation for different political parties than there used to be. And so they have to figure out without a clear leader who's going to run the government and how. And so it's really, it's difficult for them now and it's expected to last a long time, these negotiations to create a coalition. And so in the meantime, it seems like Angela Merkel just kind of has to be, <laughs> she just has to be chancellor until they figure it out. And who knows how long that'll take. Um, but the one thing that is consistent is the German tie to China and what that means for Europe generally, Germany, the effects on the U.S. and uh, and just the situation moving forward. Because no matter what happens in the coalition that is formed, none of them can uh, can offend China. And even though Germany is outspoken about saying, about kind of the way that they uh, treat the Uyghurs, they have no problem trading with China in really any capacity. And so whoever wins this German election, whatever the coalition exists, it probably won't do much to Germany itself as long as they don't offend China and they just kind of keep the status quo, which Angela Merkel established, of making sure that you know the GDP is high and that the economy is well run, um, which you know keeps China involved. And so that is where I'll end it for this installment of whatever this foreign policy show is. Bye.